This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone. And we're gonna talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. Welcome to yet another episode of Dollars and Sensibility. And this one's going to be about nightly rental. I'm going to verbal my house or property. I'm going to buy one. I want to Airbnb it is the phrasing that we use. And I do a lot of, uh, have a lot of conversations and analysis and purchases of these types of properties that become more and more popular, more and more acceptable. And I think, man, I can make a lot of money doing that. And I've just done a lot of math and had some information come past. That I thought I'd throw together this podcast for those who are considering, should I do that? Now, there's a couple of variations to that. You could say, I want to change my basement into an Airbnb versus I want to buy an Airbnb or nightly. Airbnb is obviously the trademark name. This is a nightly rental. We call them nightly rentals. So yes to the basement thing. Obviously, I have a buddy of mine, a couple of buddies of mine that are doing it and they show me their spreadsheets and it's getting more and more popular. I will tell you just out of the gate that it looks like and seems like those who go on the Airbnb sites, maybe the verbal sites the same, are looking for a deal. So you have to just realize that where I'm at. In some places, when you go buy and sell things, people want the deal. There's other places that people go to shop that they want what they want. They'll, they'll pay for whatever they want. And it's, it's more likely that the Airbnb sites and Verbo sites, nightly rentals, advertising, it's people looking for saying, how much is it per night? What is their cleaning fee? And how much is it? And I have enough to choose from, enough people doing this, that I can go down that road. So should you do it? Well, here's, here's the analysis I have to share. And I, I use this as a comparison between nightly rental versus annual rental. Should I just make it a rental that someone lives in and they pay me rent every month? You'll find once again that a nightly rental is it switches, you know, as one night, two nights, three nights, maybe a week. You have to go and clean it and you have to turn it basically. So either you hire someone to do it or do it yourself. My buddy made the comment that he went and cleaned his basement and he went from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday to clean it. He has two bedrooms, kitchen. It's a pretty big space. It's usually under 100 bucks a day for that type of a situation where it's a shared space. Seems like he's in that $75 to $95 a night cleaning fee. He needs about $130, $140. And it's, he says he gets told that's too much. He's like, but that's what I actually pay. And that's true. That's what he gets. So is, is that what you want to do? Now, he's had a very positive experience. He loves meeting the people. He loves talking to them. It's fun for him to kind of be doing this as an entrepreneurial feeling. But, you know, how much money are you going to make at the end of the day is the true analysis. Now, on the bigger side, uh, there's management companies that take over these larger areas, these townhome uh, plan unit developments, these condominium projects, and you usually uh, choose to have a management company come in and manage it for you. That is usually 30 to 40%. 
So they'll take that much off the top. So just kind of uh, analyze that. And then you have your debt service and your other expenses, including your HOAs, on top of that. So on the nightly rental situation, it's a lot of turning, meaning people are cleaning it and updating it, fixing it, making sure it's uh, great for the next one. And you just have to sit and say, all right, if I want to have that, because nightly rentals are just more work. They're more work. Now, you might say, well, if people live in it, they beat it up more. That's possible, certainly possible. Where you can go in and fix it up, clean it, and keep it a little bit uh, on the cleaner side. Here's the math I want to share, though. The math of this is this. So if someone says, hey, I want to buy an Airbnb, so it's not their basement, they're going to go and do it and buy the property itself. Well, what they do is, or what we do, excuse me, is we sit down and we say, what's it cost? And what is your return on investment? What is your ROI, right? At the end of the day, that's why you do this. Now, the, the out-of-town ones where here in Utah, if someone lives up north and they want to go down south to St. George, they love the fact that they could own an Airbnb, stay in it at times, and then rent it when they're not there. It's great. It's a great idea. Just realize you'll be paying that management fee, likely, if you don't want to do it yourself. And you have to schedule it for yourself. You usually have to book it you know, in advance. So it's not one of those things that, hey, I feel like running down to our place. Nope, it's probably booked, especially if it's one of the weekends, especially if it's one of the holiday weekends. That's where they make their most money, they being the management companies uh, for your property. So there's give and take there. You probably have to say, hey, we have it every year at this time, and it's booked out. So that's one of the negatives to that situation. Uh, if it's an annual rental, obviously you don't have any time to stay in it until you, unless you want to move there, I guess. But you know, for that 12 months or, or whatever the contract is, they're there. You have to analyze this return on investment though with your spreadsheet and say, how much money after expenses am I getting, including my debt service? Now, the first thing I'll talk about is capitalization rate. So if you have a nightly rental, you have to consider, first of all, here's my rents and you need a history. I'll be honest with you. It's hard to say what you could do. You say, hey, if I rent it every day for seven days a week, 3,365 days a year at 95 bucks, this is a killing. <clears throat> or 100 bucks or 200 bucks, whatever it is. Well, it's usually like there was one that I just looked at that was very successful, was used quite a bit, and it was about a 60% occupancy. So there's the heavy times, the, the big seasons, um, very popular, but you got 40%, maybe at best case scenario, that it's sitting vacant. So, and then of course, it's more uh, per night in a holiday weekend, maybe over Labor Day or something like that, maybe Christmas. And it's gonna be less if it's um, in the hot of the summer, maybe if it's not that cool. So what is my per day? Let me just back up. I highly recommend that if you buy an, an Airbnb or a nightly rental type of situation, that you have that person's records and they show you how much money they've made and how many days and management companies will have that. They'll have that for you and you can analyze it. And what you'll find is that Right now, when you say, hey, I want to buy that nightly rental, and you're dealing with the Verbo Airbnb clientele who want a deal, that it's, what I've seen anyway, is that it's on the low side of return on investment and capitalization rate. And again, how to calculate capitalization rate, it's literally what I paid for. It's if you pay $600,000 for a property, and you're going to get... 
$24,000, a month off of it, you're like 3.3% return on investment. Is that good? 3.3% is better than zero. I personally think six is the minimum that I would do. I, I like six is the basics. I'm trying to get up to a nine or a 10. That's a really good one, by the way. You can get to that point. It's just how much money am I getting off of what I paid for it? That should increase and get better over time. So if somebody bought a, a, a nightly rental in 2012 and they paid 300 something thousand dollars for it, prices have gone up, inflation has gone up. And as long as you've kept up with those expenses to be offset by these rents, you should be able to get a decent return. If you're going to pay $600,000 for a property and get 2200 bucks a month, 3.3%, let me just say this. If you're going to be doing it with cash, is that cash return 3.3% worth your time? But to me, when I can go to the bank and get a CD at five or five and a quarter or five and a half, it's a better return. Now, you do have appreciation going for you. You have a tax deduction going for you. So it's not an apples to apples. I get it. And I'm a huge promoter of real estate. You know that. But I'm just telling you that the last little while, the Airbnb nightly rental thing has not been proving solid for my clients with in comparison to the debt service. So capitalization rate is one calculation where, hey, if I paid this, what's my return? The next one is cash flow. And for those of us who say, hey, I don't have cash to buy these properties, I have to borrow against them. You simply have to say, what is my debt service? And if in today's market, you're getting a six or 7% interest rate on your loan, and certainly if you use your a second mortgage or a home equity line of credit for the down payment, let's just say, let's say you do a home equity line of credit for the down payment on your primary residence, and then you do a first mortgage on the Airbnb property at six or 7%, and the home equity line of credit rate is, and they are about nine to 11 right now, depending on loan to values, debt ratios, credit scores, those kinds of things. So if you're paying nine to 11% on your home equity line of credit and you're paying six or seven on the new property, we do what's called a blended rate calculation. And so it depends on how much you borrow, but let's say that blended rate between the, the six and seven and the nine to 11 ends up being like 8.7, uh, 8.6 on the interest rate that you're being uh, charged. Well, if I'm getting a 3.3% return on investment and I'm paying 8.7% interest rate, it's that's it's not that cut and dry, by the way, but it is one part of the analysis. That's a 5% spread you got to cover in your in your returns. And so your debt service is uh, hurting your cash flow. So when you look at Airbnbs, it's a fun idea. It's cool as heck. It is very exciting. It's very new and cool. New meaning the last few years. And it works great for someone who owned or bought a property, you know, a decade ago, five years ago, and, you know, bought their capital investment, you know, in the three or $400,000 range. Seems to me that that's where the Airbnbs settle in. So again, if you have a basement or a room or a casita, something like that, that is already on your property. So it really was, you know, a very marginal amount of capital investment to finish it out because you already paid for it. That's different. If it costs you $75,000 to finish your basement or hundred grand to finish your basement and you're going to make 2000 bucks a month on your Airbnb, hmm, that's not too bad. I mean, if you do the math on that, how much is your return on investment? Pretty good. But if you have to go buy a property that's, you know, three, four, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars and you're going to borrow against it, I would recommend now is not the time. It just, just doesn't seem to be the right math.
Again, I have a client that did a 1031 exchange from a property into that, which is an investment property to investment property uh, to avoid the taxes. Oh, sure, that's a cash injection. You're just transferring one property to the other, go for it. But to say, hey, which I have promoted, I've said, hey, let's go get some financing. You've got this equity, let's get your equity to work for you. I'm just hesitating because it, that's very true, but it's timing. It depends on when, it depends on the, the values. And right now, if we're paying that, I probably would not do it. I probably would say, wait a minute, hold on one second, let's look at the math. And you know, the the cash flow analysis is separate from that. And that's like, okay, so if I'm getting $2,200 a month in rents, but between my first mortgage and my home equity line of credit payment, you know, maybe that's uh, three or four thousand dollars, which it would be. You know, so if I'm spending thirty-five hundred dollars and I'm getting twenty-two hundred, is that spread you know comfortable for you? In that you're like, hey, I'm cool with it. I know that I can refinance the rate down uh, down the road. I can get my tax deduction up higher. And I like the fact that I bought my house at this time because I think prices are only going to go up. In that analysis, I, I agree 100% with all of it. The only variable I would throw out there is I think, this is Tom Stone prediction, give it for what it is. I think the Airbnb nightly rental properties, the shine is going to come off a little bit until and unless the Verbo Airbnb prices go up because it just doesn't make any sense. If you're charging you know, 95 bucks a night for a property that someone wants to sell you for $600,000, and it's a, a best case scenario, a 60% occupancy, because you still have your HUA, you still have your taxes and insurance, you still have all these expenses. So at the end of the day, this Airbnb nightly rental thing, it's such a cool idea, such a fun idea. Just what is your capitalization rate? What is your cash flow with your debt service? What is your interest rates? And just anal analyze all of that. And I would be hesitant to pay more than uh, the value of one of these because it doesn't look like right now the Airbnb or nightly rental situation is paying enough to substantiate some of these values I'm seeing. So it's quick math. You just say, Hey, management company or person, what is the math you've given? Excuse me, what is your history? You look at the net number, not the gross, the net number after management fee or after expenses, and you compute that into what you're going to pay. And for me, it's a six. If I don't get a six cap or a capitalization rate of six, I, I move on to the next property. Someone else might say, you know what, residentially, it's a little bit lower than that usually, which it is. I'm okay with a four or five or something like that. Cool. You, you set your line where you say, what's my headache factor? What are the things involved in that? And you can adjust accordingly. But I've just noticed that until those prices come down uh, as far as what they're trying to get for the property or the nightly rental fees go up, I don't see that value happening. And just to finish this analysis and this, this podcast, people look at these properties and they say, I love the fact that it has so many bedrooms, so many baths, it has a swimming pool. It's close to this, it's close to that. All very, very valuable. But until someone's willing to pay for that, meaning that nightly rental fee higher than what I've been seeing anyway, it's just not its not worth it. I think people are still in this discount mindset when it comes to the nightly rental. And I think it might be the simple fact that the folks that are involved in nightly rental 
have that mindset. They're okay with making a few bucks and you're competing against basement people. You're competing against people who have a casita and the people that are looking out their shopping saying, um, is it worth it for me to pay 250 bucks a night at this uh, town home in this management area when I could be just down the road and pay you know, 75 bucks for that one? So you have to be real uh, aware of that. But in your analysis, when you, if you're purchasing a nightly rental, yes, the property needs to be good looking. You need to enjoy it and think it's cool as heck. But at the end of the day, this is a spreadsheet. And the history will speak much louder than how nice it is. You can't get involved. When you look at a home to buy for you to live in, it's very emotional. When you look at a home to buy for a business, for an investment, it's pure business. How much money are you making off of it? Well, if it's not being made, is there a reason why you can fix it? Otherwise, move on, move on. So until interest rates come down, and I'd even say until some of those nightly rental fees come up, that might be something I put on pause, but I would definitely still look at the annual rentals because those are every single day. You are rented 365 days a year. You are rented consistently, constantly for that much. And even if it might be per night less because it's every single day of a year, that's why you would consider that in this, even with a higher interest rate. Same analysis. What is my capitalization rate? If I spend money on this and I rent that, same analysis. But from what I've seen, that has been a more, at least in our area, maybe in other areas, that's not true. But in our area, the nightly rental has not kept up in the cash flow analysis like the annual rentals have. So should you buy a nightly rental? Let's do the math. At the end of the day, I would say, I don't know. Let's do the math. What's your cap rate? What's your cash flow? What's your interest rates versus the capitalization rate? And what's the history? And then we'll take it from there. So there you go. Dollars and sensibility. It has to make sense. The dollars have to make sense. Talk to you soon. This is Dollars and Sensibility, and I'm Tom Stone. Thank you for listening, and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage, 435-654-9979, or goapplastom.com.